0: question for all of you. I wonder if you've ever lost anything precious in your life. For me, it was maybe a couple of months ago and I had actually realized that I thought I'd lost the USB that contained all of mine and my husband's wedding photos. So, that was pretty sad. I was pretty upset. I when I realized that this USB was missing, I frantically just started searching for it. I thought, oh, this USB is so precious to me. These photos on it are so special to us, and and they're memories that we want to keep forever. So when I realized I'd lost it, I I started panicking, I started frantically searching for it. Luckily, it was actually just on my dresser, in in plain sight, and I'd put it there for the sole purpose of potentially being able to find it easier than where I'd actually hidden it last time. It didn't work out so well, so I put it back in my hiding place. And yeah, I hope that that will never happen again, because that was pretty stressful. But I was watching Bondi Rescue on the TV the other day. And for those of you who are not so familiar with Bondi Rescue, it's, it's basically a TV show that documents the lifeguards in Bondi Beach, which is in New South Wales. And it basically, it goes through their day-to-day, I guess, uh, activities, some some uh, rescues that they have to do, and, and other things that they have to do, as well. Anyway, this particular day, this episode that I was watching, it was coming up to Christmas time, so there were apparently thousands of people on this beach. It looked pretty packed. And anyway, the lifeguards were in the tower, and they were looking out over the water, like they, like they should be doing, like you hope they're doing. And anyway, they heard this frantic knock at the tower door. When they, when they opened the door, a mother was there, and she just, she'd just, she lost her, her son. She said, oh, guys, please, please help me. I've lost my son. He's been missing for about half an hour. I don't know where he is. He, he walked off, and I can't find him. When the lifeguards found out that this son of the mother was lost, they also started frantically looking for him. Luckily, it was only about another... 20 minutes, which I think would actually seem like a lifetime in a parent's eyes, but this this boy was actually found. He was found safe, he'd just been playing in the sand, he was having the time of his life, had no idea that the mother was really frantically looking for him. But he was found. And when he was found, the lifeguards and the mother all celebrated together. They all were so happy that this son who was lost was now found. If you're a parent, I'm sure you can sympathize with this story in some way. But maybe for you, it's not a child that you've lost. Maybe it's something of sentimental value, like my wedding photos. Something that meant a lot to you. Maybe you've lost lost a ring in the past. Maybe the ring was passed down from, from someone you love. But what is it for you that you've lost, even if you found it again? that was precious to you. Losing something does always send that wave of panic. And generally, the more precious and the more special that thing is to you, the more distressed you are over it being lost and the more diligently you'll look for it. So we're going to read now from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 and verses 8 to 10. So if you have your Bibles here, I'd encourage you to to open them up to Luke 15 and read along with me. To we'll start, at verses one. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, "This man welcomes sinners and eats with them." And Jesus told them this parable. Now to verse eight. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The woman in this parable lost only one of her 10 silver coins, and she was deeply troubled by its loss. The woman felt the loss of that coin as if she had no other coins. And it was no comfort to her to tell her that she actually had nine other silver pieces safe. Now, in order to understand this story a little better, it is important that we understand a little bit of the context that Jesus is speaking into here. There is enough writing uh, sorry, enough evidence in the writing around this picture, this particular parable, and in the rest of the Bible, to suggest that there's actually a distinctive meaning as to why Jesus used the picture of a woman with a lamp seeking a coin. This parable of the lost coin is, in fact, a, a small part of a bigger story recorded in the, the entire chapter 15 of Luke. Chapter 15 begins with Jesus telling a story of the lost sheep. It then goes on to the story of the lost coin, which we just read, and it it finishes with the story of the lost son. All three parables are equally concerned with finding that which is lost. All three parables are are like three different musical instruments, which are playing the same, same tune, but they actually are making different sounds. Charles Spurgeon says that if you put these three pictures in a line, they represent the whole compass of salvation. Yet each one is distinct from the other, and each one by itself is instructive. In the story of the lost sheep, we see the image of a son, which is Jesus, a seeking son. And in the story of the lost son, we see the image of a waiting father. Therefore, many scholars agree that the woman with the lamp in the parable is to represent far more than just someone seeking something that's lost. By looking at the rest of Scripture, we often see symbolic meanings that are attached to woman and to lamp. And these may well be the meanings that we're actually intended to see in this parable. So let me explain. The church in the Old and the New Testament are often described as the Lord's bride and as a community through which the Holy Spirit reveals God's truth. We also see that the bride of Christ is a light. She is called to be the city on a hill. We can also see this in Revelation, that the symbols of woman and of light are actually representing the the people of God. So, if this is the case then we should be seeing in this parable that the woman and the lamp are actually representing the Spirit of God lighting the church's way as she sets about the divine work of seeking the lost. This is the picture that Jesus is painting through this parable. The church, the bride of Christ, lit by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, deeply troubled by that which is lost. However, this isn't always the way it goes, because if we're honest with ourselves, we're not so concerned about this lost coin. And I think you might be able to relate to me in this, but but often when I read this parable, I think to myself, oh, wow, Isn't isn't that a little bit extravagant just for one lost coin? Isn't that a little bit over the top? what this woman goes through to receive her lost coin. I often wonder if what she did was really worth it. But but this is actually the point of this parable. It is meant to shock you into this feeling. Would you have dropped everything that you had planned for the day? Would you have cancelled work? Would you have cancelled your brunch or your coffee that you had with your friends? Would you have postponed meetings, and then been at home and moved all your furniture around, turned the whole house upside down, just to find one missing silver coin? Particularly when you had nine others that were safe. The woman actually lost time. She lost energy. She made work for herself, looking for the one lost coin a coin that isn't worth much in the world's eyes. And I wonder if you would be willing to do the same as the woman in this parable. And if we talk about this in the context that it's meant to be understood in, we as the church, as the bride of Christ guided by the Holy Spirit, are we willing to sacrifice this like this for that which is lost? The problem is that we don't actually see the coin with the same value as the woman in the parable does. We think this coin is of little value, of little worth, but to the woman, the coin is obviously precious, it's special. The other problem is that we are prone to fall into the lie of believing that God has a standard that we have to live up to in order to receive Forgiveness and salvation from Him. We see the requirements of God and we recognize that on our own we are incapable of rising to them. But we forget the work that Jesus has already done for us on the cross. We forget that we all fall short of the glory of God but that we are all justified freely by His grace. We forget the forgiveness that is offered to all who believe. And this this lie can manifest itself in two ways. Either we believe and we think that we are too far from God to be offered salvation and shown grace. We believe ourselves unworthy to the point of God actually being unwilling to offer us forgiveness. We struggle to receive the forgiveness that is offered to us when Jesus died as a sacrifice for our sins. Or we... We tend to look at the lives of others around us and we believe that they are too far from God, that they have sinned too greatly and that they are unworthy of forgiveness and the grace that is offered through Jesus. Both stem from us seeing ourselves or others with little value and of little worth and it comes from a lack of or a false understanding of God's forgiveness and of his grace And we find that this lie either affects our own coming before God or it affects whether we believe that others are worthy of coming before God. So just like Jesus was intentional in using the woman with the lamp to represent the spirit at work through the church, he was also intentional in his use of a coin. A coin is lifeless. It does not breathe, it does not talk, it doesn't have a heartbeat, it cannot move around. So a lost coin is is unable to make its way to a safer space to be more seen, it's unable to call out for help, it can't cry like a lost child, it can't tap on the ground to make any kind of noise, to steer the woman with the lamp towards it. The coin can in no way find its own way home, it cannot find itself. Now, mankind is not an inanimate object. And of course, in this sense, a lost man is not like a silver coin. But spiritually, and from the point of view of the spirit, the coin is lifeless, and, and this picture of this coin is a fitting symbol of those who are spiritually lost. But despite the coin's lostness, we see that the woman still lights her lamp and sweeps the house. She still searches for the coin. The state of the coin, the state of its loneliness, its seeming inability to be found, or its unworthiness of being searched for, doesn't hinder the woman's diligence in searching for it, because the lost coin is still precious and valuable to the woman. The woman was troubled deeply by its lostness, and she searches diligently until she finds it. Before working here at the church, I used to work in childcare. And for anyone who's ever had anything to do with with childcare or with children in general, you'd be familiar with the concept, and I use concept on purpose, of the lost property box. One day, uh, a child was, was dropped off at the center and, and he came up to me. He said, Miss Ashley, look what I've got. And he had, he had a rock in his hand. He'd found it in the, in the garden, in the car park. Uh, but to this, this boy, he said to me, I, I said to him, oh, what, what is it? What have you got there? And he said, oh, it's my very special treasure. So. I marveled at his treasure-seeking abilities, at his ability to find such a special rock. And, and throughout that day, we continued to use this rock to play with. Uh, we, we used it in, in different ways and he became very attached to this rock. He had found it, he had searched it, he would put value onto it because it was special to him. Now, it came to lunchtime. Uh, we are having lunch, And then after lunch, it was time for rest. And I'd realized, all of a sudden, that it had been probably about half an hour since I'd seen this rock. And I thought to myself, oh, no. What's he going to do when he realizes, because he hadn't yet realized that his rock was lost, but what's he going to do when he realizes this rock is lost? I was thankful that it was coming up to rest time, and I was hopeful that a good sleep would help him to forget about the lost rock. But boy, was I, I was wrong. I was very wrong. He woke up from his nap and one of the first things he said to me was, Miss Ashley, where's my rock? And I had to, I had to say to him, oh, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, but, but your rock is gone. We cannot find it. And he was, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I said, look, we can, we can go and get another rock. We have plenty of rocks in our garden that are safe and sound, that look pretty much the same as, as your rock. Oh, but no. Because his rock was special to him. His rock, he, he loved it. He, it was precious. It didn't matter that there were hundreds of other rocks that were safe in the garden. He wanted his own rock. He thought it was it was worthy of being searched for diligently. In the eyes of the child, the rock was precious and it was special and it was worthy to be found. And just like the child saw value in his rock and he was troubled by its lostness, the woman also saw value in her lost coin and was troubled by its lostness. And just like the coin and the rock were of great value to the woman and to the child, you... Everyone is of great value to God. Now, remember, we are prone to believing the lie that either ourselves are not worthy of being found or that others in, in the world are not worthy of God's love. But Jesus is actually addressing this lie here. Jesus is saying that no matter how lost you may be, how lost you may feel, or how helpless you may feel in your lostness, you are never too far gone for God. You will never out-sin God's forgiveness, and neither will your neighbor. The coin was hopelessly lost, no means of finding its way back and of little value to the eyes of most. But the woman still cared for it deeply. She was troubled by its lostness, and she diligently searched for it until it was found. Perhaps you find yourself believing in some way that either you or someone you know is not worthy of being found. And if that's the case, then we need to realise the truth, that just as the coin is of great value to the woman, all people are of great value to God. We are all precious in His eyes, And we are called to adopt the same attitude of God and to mirror the example of the woman in this parable, in her diligent search for those who are lost, no matter how hopelessly lost they may seem. When the woman did find the coin, she didn't didn't scold it for its lostness, she threw a party. She celebrated the fact that it was found She had so much love for the coin and the coin was so precious to her. It was of such great value to her that she shared the joy of its return with all of those around her. And just as the woman searches for the lost coin, God also searches diligently for those who are lost. For those who relate to the coin and see the requirements of God and understand your incapability to meet them. The fact that God, through the beautiful movement of his spirit, sets out to find those who are lost, who are incapable of finding themselves, which is all of us, by the way, is good news. Since the picture of, of the woman and the lamp correspond to the spirit's activity um, in, in searching for, for the lost and in giving life to the lost, So also our our activity as a church should be to to mirror that, to join in in the work of the Holy Spirit in searching diligently for those who are lost. Only the all-powerful Spirit can rescue those who are lost and he joins us like the lamp joins the woman in the parable. For the woman, one-tenth of her precious silver was lost and found and then she rejoiced. And in the same way, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So why does God diligently search for the lost? Why is he concerned deeply over the lost when he has others that are safe? Why has he set about this prolonged task of saving people? This parable tells us that it is because of the love that God has for his people. They are precious to him. He values them. He understands the misery of lostness and he finds joy in finding them. We see throughout scripture that this rejoicing over a sinner who is lost and then found is like an extravagant party with music and dancing and heaps of food. And I don't know if you've experienced a similar thing to me, but I've found that generally in life, the more important the celebration is, the more extravagant the party is. That's why we often have milestone birthdays, right? Your sweet 16, your 21st, your 50th, those parties are usually bigger and more extravagant than other birthdays because they actually celebrate and they represent a milestone. It's the same with weddings. Weddings are an important part of of someone's life, of a couple's life, and so they deserve a big celebration. We put on these big parties for them. And I've not experienced this one personally, but I'm sure really important people like like the Queen and people like that have pretty extravagant celebrations because, because they are important. So when we talk about God rejoicing and celebrating extravagantly over the lost being found, that is because of his great love that he has for the person who was found and because of the joy that comes from them being found. God loves the lost, and he wants to save the lost. God sent his own son into this world, not to condemn the world and to scold the world of its lostness or its inability to find itself, but that the world might be saved through him. No one is too far gone for God to save them. No one can out-sin God's forgiveness. God actually sees us just like the woman saw the coin, just like the child saw the rock. Yes, lost and unable to find our way home, but worthy of being searched for, precious and special. You may have realized today that you are like the lost coin, lifeless in the eyes of the Spirit, unable to find your own way home. So how can, you, how can you be saved? How can you be found? This is actually summed up in what we just read in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. When we draw near to God, aware of our state of sinfulness, Jesus receives us. So it's simple. We need to draw near to God and repent and he will receive you. But this parable also has great implications on the church, on those who who are saved, who have been found, because this is the way that we as the church are called to see those around us to see everyone, precious and worthy of being found and being saved. God is deeply saddened by your work colleagues and your neighbors who don't know Jesus and who are lost. And we should be too. This parable is a warning to not be like the Pharisees, condemning the lost, believing that there are those around us who God cannot or will not save. We just spent time uh, over the last couple of weeks going through the book of Jonah, and this can be a warning to not be like Jonah, who grumbles because those that he deems unlovable and he deems as unworthy of God's love are seen as precious and special in the eyes of God and don't be like the pharisees who grumble because god welcomes and eats with sinners because it's actually not up to us to determine other people's worthiness god values everyone when we when we are joined with christ as the bride we begin to grow into the likeness and into the image of god just like i can be recognized as my mother's daughter because we have similar features and similar characteristics When we are saved and when we become children of God, adopted into his family, we are also called to resemble Christ, that it might be obvious to those around us and those who interact with us that we belong in the family of God. For those of us who have been found, we are the bride of Christ, clothed in splendor, washed in the water of God's word, built and maintained by the love of God and the love of others, with a radiance that is lit by the guidance of the Holy Spirit and a heart that is deeply troubled by that which is lost. We are to pursue the lost like a bride walking down the aisle on her wedding day. She does not walk with force and condemnation She doesn't walk with eyes looking around at the temptations, the things that are around her. But she walks with love. She walks with patience, with gentleness, with eyes that are fixed only on her groom and with a beauty that resembles Jesus' love. This is a beautiful picture of how we are to seek the lost. And as a bride who who knows the heart of her groom, she lights a lamp to guide her as she sets about the divine work of seeking the lost. And as a church, the Holy Spirit guides us and uses us to seek the lost, to call dead people to life, because no one is too far gone for God. We need to search diligently. What would you have sacrificed if you were the woman at Bondi Beach who lost her son? What do you sacrifice when you lose something that is precious to you in order to find it? Do we see the people around us with the same value as those precious things to us? When we grow into the image of Christ resembling him, we need to adopt this concern for the lost those people who are also precious to him. The woman sacrificed a lot to seek her lost coin, and I asked earlier if we would be willing to sacrifice in the same way in order to seek those who are lost around us. Do we, do we look like the woman with the lamp? God has put you exactly where you are for a reason. God has put you in your workplace for a reason, so that you can be guided by the Holy Spirit in seeking the lost. God has put you in your neighborhood, in your house, for a reason, so that you can be guided by the Holy Spirit in seeking the lost. God has put you in in your mum's group, in your golf club, in your in your craft group, for a reason, so that we can be guided by the Holy Spirit in seeking the lost. We can share the hope that we have, the hope of salvation with others around us. And before I go on, I'm not just talking about those people that are easy to get along with, those people that that will listen to you, those people who respect you, but I'm actually talking talking about those people as well, but also those people who are hard, who make life difficult. God loves those people. He values those people. And we need to do the same, because no one's too far from God, and we need to search diligently. We can be like the woman with the lamp in this parable, but we have to be willing and available to allow the Holy Spirit to move through us. What is it that's stopping you from being like the woman in this parable? Is it pride, an inflated view of yourself and a deflated view of others? Maybe it's fear of what other people think of you. It could be that you would actually feel a little bit like a hypocrite if you were to go out and share the gospel because you know deep down that your own relationship with God is struggling. But what I want to say firstly is whatever it is that God can still and will still use you but we do need to come before God. We need to gather around him like the people did at the beginning of this parable to sit with him, to eat with him, to spend time with him and to repent of those things. We we need to be continually equipped and ready to serve. It's a beautiful truth that everyone is precious in the eyes of God and that God wishes to seek and to find them and that we have the privilege of joining with him in this divine work. So we need to be the church, be the bride of Christ, the city on a hill. When people look at us enter, they think, wow, what is it about that person? We need to be deeply troubled by that which is lost. We need to be willing to sacrifice for this divine, eternal work because no one is too far gone for God. So we need to search diligently. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to acknowledge that we are prone to to believing that, that we are too far from God and that others are as well. We are prone to falling into this temptation of of seeing others around us, of not worthy or valuable being um, found and saved by you, Lord. And we repent of that. But God, we also see this beautiful picture of a woman with a lamp seeking her lost coin. And Father, that is what we want to strive for as your church. So Father, we pray that, that you would equip us to do that. You would give us a boldness and a courage to go forth today, to seek the lost, to light that lamp in beautiful community with you and to go out and share in your divine work. In your name, amen.